On this episode, we speak with The Athletic's James Edwards and the Detroit Free Press's Omari Sankafa in the most informative 40 minutes of Pistons talk you can get anywhere. What is the current state of the franchise? What is the plan with the draft pick? What will happen with Christian Wood? Retool or rebuild? And one bold take from each of them on what will happen in the NBA in 2020-21. That's all next on the Michigan State of Sports. Everybody, and welcome back to the Michigan State of Sports, where you know it's probably not going well, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I'm Tony Garcia, and we have a different and exciting episode for you today. But before we get to that, right off the top, I want to quickly get some housekeeping out of the way. I've finally been able to upload this to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and all are in the process of those final verification steps. So by the time you hear this, I know you'll be able to hear it on Spotify, and the other two should just be a matter of hours or days. So when you do see it, please rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. It's going to benefit this podcast. It'll help it grow, and you're going to love what it will become, but in order to get there, I'm going to need your help. That's enough of that because I want to get to the two stars of today's show, uh, the two gentlemen joining me today. I'm so pumped to have uh, as colleagues and friends, uh, two of the very best young NBA beat writers anywhere in the country. And that is The Athletic's James Edwards and the Detroit Free Press's Omari Sankoff. What's up, fellas? How you doing, man? Thanks for having us and thank you for that intro. Not... At least not for me, definitely for Amari. That was too much. Uh, <laughs> I don't deserve all that, but thank you for, for having us. No, you do. You do. You both do. Um, I, I don't read every NBA, NBA writer, but when, when you guys write something, I read it. And that's not hyperbole. That's, uh, that's the truth. Um, but, but I know not everybody can read every word, so I'm going to ask you some questions about things you've already written about. But... Um, I, I really feel this is going to be the most informative, like 40 minute Pistons discussion anyone can find anywhere. So if you're not listening to this, you are honestly missing out. And that's just, it's your problem. Yeah, and, well, I hope I could uh, live, live up to that. <laughs> yeah, same. You, you both can, I, I have no doubt. And so obviously you're NBA experts and um, know everything that is Pistons. So I think it's only right that we start by reliving that Michigan State win over Michigan a few weeks ago. My two Michigan State Spartan alum, how are we feeling? You know, they could go one and seven, and, uh, you know, I don't really care. You know, it's, the Big Ten is a, a mess this year. College football may not even exist in two weeks because of <laughs> the way things are going. Michigan State beat Michigan, so as far as I'm concerned, you know, just cancel the season. It doesn't really matter now, you know. I, I agree with that. I don't live next door to Minnesota and Indiana and Rutgers fans. I live next door to Michigan fans, so. As you know, Tony, that's really – if you get that one, you kind of – unless – I mean, the team doesn't have expectations. So, certainly this year, I could give a shit if they beat anybody else. That was the one that – the only one I had circled and maybe sent a prayer up for. Yeah. Yeah, like, are bowl games even a thing? Like, what what else are they playing for beyond just bragging rights anyway? Like, yeah, that's, that's – yeah, this, year, this year, I'd say, is bragging rights and just finding out who's going to be on the field next year, right? Like, right. I, mean, I mean, this is not a real season, but okay. The real reason you're here. Um, I mean, we're now one, less than one week away from the NBA draft. I know it feels like it has been crawling for you guys with how much draft coverage you guys have done over the last six plus months. 
Yeah. Um, and But I'm just going to get right into it. There are so many ways the Pistons could go with this draft. I mean, just yesterday I heard a rumor – uh, they were one of three teams talking about moving up to number two. I've heard people calling for them to move back and acquire all those Celtics uh, Celtics picks just so you have more more rolls of the dice, um, collect some assets. Some people think they stand pat. I mean, that's the question everybody wants to know. What do you think the Pistons are going to do on Wednesday? And James, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I, d- I would bet good money they don't move up. And that's just because – I know fans think that their players are the best players in the world, but I mean, you look at that Pistons roster, who on earth are you going to package with seven to move up to one or two? Like, I just don't see who it is. Blake's, you don't know about Blake's injury situation. Um, Derek Rose, I don't think gets that type of deal done. Luke Kennard, maybe, but I would be surprised if the Warriors or uh, Timberwolves would take just seven and Luke Kennard for a five I mean, to get the one of the best picks in the draft, regardless if this class is down, is down or not, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I guess if I had to bet money what will happen, I do think they move back, but not by much. And I don't think it's the Boston picks. I think that's possible. But if I had to – a sneaky one that I don't know if many people have mentioned is just swapping with Washington. Um, and then they get Washington's nine. I think it's nine. Yeah, nine. And their 37th pick, because Troy Weaver was talking about getting a second-round pick. So that way the Wizards can get a Kongwu, assuming somebody else doesn't try to jump. And the Pistons can probably still get the guy that they like at number 10 if some of the stuff we hear is, is true or not. Yeah, I pretty much agree with uh, James. I think the odds of them moving up. And I think that they will look at opportunities to move up. Uh, I just think it's to them. Uh, if you look at the roster and they just don't have – what it would take to get that type of deal done. Um, assuming you're not giving up any future first round picks, which, you know, I personally yeah. think would be a really bad thing to do. And uh, Trey Weaver also said last week that they're not going to uh, sacrifice the future uh, to be good next season. So it just seems unlikely unless the price of moving up in this draft is really low, which it could be because it's not like you have a sign in this draft. You know, I don't know. I just don't think it makes sense to, give up assets to get, you know, like a guy like an Anthony Edwards or a LaMelo Ball. And I actually do like LaMelo, but he's not the guy that I would give up a pick for. You know, I think he's a guy that in a regular draft, maybe he goes five or six, um, you know, in which case you probably wouldn't give up a lot for him. Um, I can see them saying put at seven. Uh, you know, I think that's a good place to be in this draft. Uh, you know, there's no uh, risk at seven. You know, you move up to number four and then you get a guy like Denny and he just ends up being okay. You know, I think that's bad. I think at seven, you don't have that that risk. There's a lot of guys in that seven through 14 range that I think will have very good careers. Um, and then you know, and then I, I agree with James almost all the way through. Uh, moving down makes a lot of sense. You pick up an extra asset, you probably still get a guy you like, you know, whether that's Patrick Williams, whose name has been uh, very active in the rumors this week, or a uh, or even just a Killian Hayes or an RJ Hampton, who they also worked out. Uh, I think no matter which way you go, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So, and you led me right into the next question. I mean, you you just mentioned three of the names that we've all heard, but I mean, I feel like it hasn't stopped there. I mean, depending on I mean, who, who you're reading or what you hear, I mean, you've heard LaMelo, Halliburton, uh, Killian Hayes, Devin Vassell, Obi Toppin, Patrick Williams. This feels like more of a year, like a year where I've heard more potential names being floated out uh, to the, associated with the Pistons than, than any in recent memory. Sometimes you've 
they ha- we have thought they're going to go one way and then go another, but there has n- have never been so many, seemingly so many options on the table. So Omari, I'll start with you. I know you just sort of answered the question if you think they go back up or stand pat, but who do you think they will draft and you pretend you are Troy Weaver, who should they draft and why? Yeah, I think Patrick, especially if they move back, I think, I think Patrick Williams is a uh, very strong uh, option there. Uh, he just fits the mode of the type of people that Trey Weaver, um, you know, okay, see you look at who they picked from 2008 to 19 when Trey Weaver was there and they just went after those sort of long bodied athletic uh, wings who hopefully you could switch on defense. And uh, many of them, you know, weren't very good shooters in college. Patrick Williams, I think only shot 32% last season, but good free throw percentage. So uh, you look at five years from now, who are going to be some of the better guys in this draft? I think Patrick Williams seems like a good, bet to be potentially a top 10 guy out of this draft. So uh, especially if they move down, I think, I think he's a pretty likely option. Uh, I also think that they will, you know, if it's not a guy like Patrick Williams, they will go after a point guard. Uh, you look at who they've been working out. And uh, I think we know four names so far, uh, three of those players are point guards. Uh, one is Aaron D. Smith, who is a, a shooting guard, obviously. And then Troy also said last week that they want to work out in the middle of boss. So clearly they're, uh, you know, looking at taking a, a point guard, which is their biggest need. Dwayne Casey already said earlier this summer that they need a point guard. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, then I would guess Killian Hayes. Um, you know, I think he's just in that range. I think he has the most upside of any point guard. Uh, he's got great footwork for his age. Uh, you know, he's still young. Uh, he shot the ball pretty well. Uh, very, very good at the uh, at the rim, which for a guy who's not like a great athlete, for him to be that good at the rim, I think just shows just how good he is at creating that separation with his feet. And uh, he's also got some piston size as well. Uh, you know, he's been training with Will Bynum. So, uh, that, like, I would probably guess it would be Killian Hayes or Patrick Williams, but obviously it kind of comes down to whether they stay put or if they actually swing a trade. Which, what, which one would you do? I personally would probably go for Killian just because it's a point guard heavy draft and uh and I just like Killian Hayes a lot. Uh so I would I would probably go with Killian in that case. All right, James, let's get your two cents. Yeah, I mean what Amari said, like it, it makes sense across the board. Um I I guess I, I would be surprised if it's if they Hayes if it's not Hayes, Williams, Hampton, even a Kongu to an extent. Um I guess it depends on what all of the Pistons already know about Christian Wood coming back. Cause I mean, if he doesn't come back, then there's also a big, big hole at in the front court. Um, and I, I do know that they like a Congo. I don't know enough to take him, even if Wood is coming back, I wouldn't think so. But um, yeah, you, that's kind of why I think a co- GMs push for free agency before the draft for situations, maybe like one, the Pistons are about to face um, with that. But I, I feel confident Wood's coming back. Yeah. I mean, Look, I, I like. It's clear that they need a point guard for the future. If you look at the Pistons' drafting history, they've only drafted one point guard in the last, in the first round in the last, I want to say like twenty years, and it's Brandon Knight. Um, so, like, I get why the fans are juicing for one. But I'll also say, like, I mean, aside from point guards, what's also very coveted in today's league, uh, as Amari pointed out with Patrick Williams, just like three and D wings who can dribble the ball, who can guard anybody, who can shoot, who can get in, out in transition, like those do-it-all um, guys that 
I mean, yes, this is a point guard heavy league, but if you look at what type of players lead teams to championships, it's those six, six to six, eight swingmans. Um, LeBron, um, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Jason Tatum. Like that's what runs the league as much as we see all these great point guards, but it seems like there's a point where kind of having just a, having your best player be a point guard kind of stops and, big boy basketball comes to play. Um, so I, I think Patrick Williams makes sense. You see a little bit <clears throat> of baby Kawhi in him when you watch him. Not saying he'll ever be that, but you just see a little bit of the similarities. Um, yeah, so I, I, my thing with the Patrick Williams thing is you hear so much stuff that you think it's – and you, you think it is true. Like, we'll obviously never certainly know. Like, even if you talk to somebody, like, they could just be lying to you, but you, you really just don't know but he seems like a weird guy for them to be blowing that much smoke for. Like, it's not like, like it would make much more sense that they were blowing smoke for like Killian Hayes, who's like projected to go there or like is a point guard that I think a couple teams might trade up for. Patrick Williams is kind of an odd one to like, just say we've promised him or we really like him just to trick teams. Like I don't really see the point in that. So it seems like to me that that from everything I've gathered that that's pretty like legit, but Again, it all depends. Like Mars said, it all depends on who's there when you're picking. And maybe they expected somebody not to be there when they pick at seven that they like more that is there and, and, and uh, plans change. But I think Patrick Williams, the Pistons, when you win 19 games, you have no kind of room to say you pick and choose where you have help, where you need help at. You need help everywhere. Um, and I know point guard obviously is a glaring need just because that's the everybody's favorite position, especially fans, but they, I mean, you can't look at a position and say they don't need help at, I mean, shooting guard. Yeah. They have Luke Kennard, but can he stay healthy for a full season? And his contract is up after this year. Um, I, Christian Woods technically not on the roster. So you, aside from until that's finalized, you have a hole in the front court, Blake Griffin's health as a hole in the front court. Saquon Dumbuya. Yeah. They drafted a similar guy in size last year, but like, the, I think he'll be more raw than Patrick Williams will be even next year. So, you just need, you need help everywhere. So if you think Patrick Williams is going to be the best player five years from now, like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care what position he is. You got, you got to take him. And to James's point about Noah spoke about Patrick Williams, I thought it was odd too, because Patrick is, you know, two weeks ago, I think people would have said his draft range was 11 through 17. Right. So there's no real upside for the Pistons to say, we want him at seven, right? Like if you want to reach and grab him, then you could just do that. You don't need to declare it ahead of time, which to be in the case of desire for them to move down and get him and pick up a second round pick or just something else along with it. Because um, when you look at some of the guys, Trevor Weaver uh, pushed to draft, but he was an OKC, uh, like Russell Westbrook, you know, he wasn't a lock to go top five. Uh, Steven Adams wasn't a lock to go in the lottery. Uh, you know, those are two guys that probably could have been had later. Uh, you know, yet Trey Weaver, you know, I think if he likes a guy and he believes in him and he's like, this is a guy who can be a foundational piece, uh, you know, we're just, we're just going to take him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Williams went at seven. I was just like James, I was just surprised that that became like the big story of the week. Cause yeah. he like this time last week, I could have promised you he would have been there at number seven. So uh, it would have made more sense for a guy like a Killian or like a Halliburton, for example, you know, he could go top five now looking at some of the, uh, things that are being said. So, uh, yeah, so I was intrigued by it. He, he could reach out seven, but, you know, I think it's a sign that they could move down. To, to even add to that real quick, too, um, yeah, like, why 
yeah, I just don't get why you would say that you made him a promise and it, and it's not legit just because I don't know. Like, yeah, you could, unless you're trying to see if let, let a team know behind you that that's who you want. Maybe like I said, like that wizards trade is there and they can give you a second round pick. Cause if that's really who you want, but then it's like, if you're blowing smoke, it's just, yeah, it's a weird – I forgot what I was going to say. I had a better wouldn't point. You do it for like a Coro? <laughs> wouldn't you do it for like a Coro if you're trying to make that for the, for the Wizards? Like yeah, so, someone even who they that, are like targeting if, if you were just blowing smoke. Yeah, even that makes a little bit more sense. Um, man, I had a good point. It's just early. But, yeah, I don't – yeah, I wouldn't get – That's why I have coffee. coffee. <laughs> yeah, I got tea. But it's not really – it's not waking me up. But, um, yeah, I just don't – Again, there could be smoke there. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Like, why would you – for a guy that's supposed to go later than when you pick, why would you bring attention to him and maybe make teams think, like, oh, what did we miss in this guy? Why are the Pistons promising Patrick Williams at seven? Like, maybe we go back and look. So, it's like – There's no upside from the Pistons' standpoint. Yeah, like, they're bringing too much attention on who they like. And if anything, like, I, if I was another team, I'd be like, oh, let me take a look at Patrick Williams again. Unless they know they have a good idea kind of – that everybody ahead of them doesn't like them. And again, maybe trying to entice the wizards to move up two spots to get a second round pick like Weaver wants to do. Um, a pretty good one too, the 37th pick. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. It was just, it's just, an, yeah, that was an odd guy. People were like, they're all they're just blowing smoke. And I'm like, one, I, I, from what I've been told, like it's, there's legit interest, but it's just, that's just a weird guy to blow smoke for. I just didn't get why people thought that, uh, but yeah. It was, and especially as you guys both alluded to, um, I mean, with so many holes still on this roster, not both talent wise, but also just literally the amount of people on this roster. I mean, it has to be filled out. James, you are, I mean, I have not had a discussion with you like this um, before. So I didn't know how much of a certainty you thought Christian Wood was coming back. So I know the Pistons have right around $30 million, I think in cap room, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Griffin is owed like th- someone I've seen between 37 and 39 million for next year. And everyone else on this roster combined is owed, owed like 35. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's only what there's only one big money guy right now. And Christian Wood is all of a sudden considered one of, one of the better uh, free agents on the market. So, I mean, do you think they re-sign him? And it sounds like yes. And if so, at what price? And this is sort of like you guys both said, the reason why you wish free agency started before the draft, not 36 hours or 48 hours, whatever it is after the draft. I think free agency starts on the 20th, the draft on the 18th. Right. Um, so what, what do you think happens there? Uh, yeah. The number always is interesting to me. Like if I had to guess, it's going to be like 15, 16. I mean, maybe like seven years. It has to be a minimum of three, right? So it's yeah, a, yeah, I would, I would do. Yeah, if I'm Christian Wood and his agent, I want to get three in a player option. Uh, I probably, if I'm the Pistons, I want three in a team option. Um, yeah, like I think it's probably gonna be three years with each year probably being between four, fifteen and seventeen. I just like I know the Knicks have interest, but I can't see the Knicks going to. 15, 16, 17, especially if they are going to be in the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes and all that stuff, and, and they need to build out a roster. They have enough power forward. Charlotte, I thought it, I think I saw today somebody reported that Charlotte's like willing to be like a salary cap dump space. So to me, that sounds like they're not getting Christian Wood, and they're aware of that. Um, and, yeah, so like I, 
I think there's – if I had to guess, he's not going to get less than 14 per year, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up to 16 or 17. Like That, that one's hard. I just need to see it, hear it, whatever, to, so as a Pistons to be like, oh, that, that makes sense. As a Pistons fan, that feels relieving because, I mean, I was wondering – I mean, as his name has been rising, I was wondering – and and just how large these contracts are. I know post-COVID, they, they sort of restructured the, the cap space and everything, so teams don't quite have the money they anticipated. But – if you're paying what are they paying Tony Snell this year? Twelve million dollars. Yeah, to, almost thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. To to just sort of be on the court. I mean, if you're paying him thirteen million, Christian Wood for fifteen, that feels like it's free. Uh, Omari, would you say that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Pistons are dealing from a position of strength because they're one of six teams that have cap space, and in that list, they're like I think it's like the third most. Uh, I haven't looked at them like a week, but you know, I think it's like third. So you know, that whatever Christian Wood's value is, they can bring him back. You know, it's just a matter of what their priorities are, right? If you want to make a run at, you know, like a Fred Van Fleet, then you probably can't have him and Christian Wood, uh, you know, or Montrez Harrow, which, you know, I don't, I don't think he makes sense, but, you know, I'm just throwing names out there, you know, people who would uh, eat into that cap space more. Um, but Christian Wood, yeah, you know, the Pistons have not had, you know, if you look at the last 10, 15 years, they have not had many free agents that, they're in a position to retain who are potentially as good as Christian Wood can be. Uh, you look at his numbers from last season and, you know, he looks like one of the best. If he plays like that over the course of the season, he's one of the best seven or eight offensive bigs in the entire NBA. And he might be able to hold his own defensively as well. So that's not a guy that you let walk. Uh, he's 25. So even if it's a slight overpay by two or three million, like that's a tradable contract. Um, yeah, I would, I would bring him back pretty much at any cost within reason. You know, if that's 15, I'd do it. If that's 17, I'd do it. Uh, you know, if, if that's 20, maybe I have second thoughts. Yeah, that's my cutoff line, I think. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah. – yeah, like we all – like you rebuild. You're gonna, you go through a season like last season to find a player. Like that's the whole point of going through a season like last season to find guys like that. Like you rebuild to get guys like Christian Wood. Like I've written that sentence like a bunch of times trying to explain to people. And it's like, yeah, like there's risk. Like the dude had 12 good games. Like that's what it is at the end of the day. But And, and I'm sure the Pistons did far more due diligence than I did. But like everybody you talk to, so it's like the skill has always been there with that dude. And like they're not like totally surprised by like what he's doing. And the game is caught up to his skill set. Like when he came in the league, like I don't know if the like the average fan knows it. Like he's he was in the 2016 draft. Like I – Thing. I think it was uh it might have been 15 actually yeah it might have been 15 yeah. like the dude's been in the league for a minute so well not been in the league but has been out of college for a minute and like even then his skill set wasn't as prioritized as it is now like the game has finally caught up to him like a tweener four or five who faces you up 80 percent of the time and tries to score on you um and like for him it was just the maturity stuff and like i've been around him for a year like that's I think he's like a really good dude and I think he's learned and like you talk to him and like he very much like was open like I was just childish and you like he seems and I get why the Pistons might be worried because like yeah it is just 12 game sample size and you just don't know and it's a gamble but I don't think I think where the Pistons can get away with it I don't think anybody will yell scream or shout if they give Christian Wood anywhere from 15 to 18 million dollars because the team fans are like intrigued by him like this is the type of guy that they all want like no nobody's going to be upset if they give christian wood that kind of money like it's, the only way i yeah. don't match an offer for christian wood or try to outbid an offer for christian wood is if i think it's so high that 
I would not be able to come off of this deal two years from now if I want to. That's the only way I don't match. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think if that hits like 20 million, you're in that range just because yes. we are going off of a 12 game sample size. But even if he's 80% as, as good as he was last year, like that's worth if he's making 17 million, then that's, yeah. that's fine. You know, I think that's a no brainer. I agree. All right. And I've heard you guys mention, I think one of you said the phrase retool and then someone said rebuild, which is so funny because I mean, that has been the discussion here for what a decade plus or, or, or something. And picking at seven just feels like, I mean, such a kick in the gut, right? Because I mean, the Pistons were it's three synonymous with the Pistons. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's, it's sort of that purgatory area. I mean, in this draft, it might be a little better because it sort of takes that pressure off Troy Weaver, like you said, to sort of yeah, nail it at the top. Because everyone, I mean, there are ten guys who are normal six through six, sixteen people, but there's not really that top five, as you both mentioned. But I mean, the Pistons were three and eighteen in their last twenty-one. I mean, they were doing the damn thing. They were sliding, and and they were gonna. I think they were probably in line to what would have been. I mean, of course how the ping pong balls go or whatever, but they're probably going to get a top four pick. Um, I would say and, top three. I, I think they were on pace to be worse than Minnesota, who yeah. had the number one pick. They were the worst team in basketball by Yeah, a lot. they really got, you know, not to, not to deflate, you know, a pandemic into just, you know, how to fix a basketball team, but they really got screwed. Nobody nationally talks about that enough. Like, yeah. it's so funny. The Pistons finally tanked, and this once in a hundred years – sickness flu comes out of nowhere and Just, the Pistons nope. end up with the seventh pick. <laughs> nope. And you look at, I think the Cavs were only like one game. I think they played even one more game or one fewer game and lost it. So it's yeah. just a matter of, you know, what teams played, how many games when the season got suspended. It wasn't even, this team was worse. It's just, you had one more opportunity to lose and you lost. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, I mean, they really got screwed by it. I mean, they were, if they just finished out the week, they were going to catch like the Cavs, the, the, Hawks, um, the Bulls, the Hawks, like yeah. I mean, they were a game and a half back or so many of them. But, but the question about that is, so I think it's very, very clear in the NBA at this point, you need a minimum of two superstars, uh, if not three to, to, to compete, to win it all or to, to win it all. And I'm not sure let's, let's for argument's sake, say that Christian Wood comes back. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if you have any people who I would call superstars right now, Probably not. Maybe budding stars, potentially. Uh, that Even that might be a stretch. So my question is, and I need you to be brutally honest, what do you think will improve this team most towards championship contention? Do you think there is anybody on this roster post-signing, re-signing Christian Wood who is on it when the Pistons are competing for a championship? Uh, I mean, you know, I guess there is a uh... – you we'll know, count whoever they – sorry, we'll, real quick. We'll, we'll count whoever they drafted seven as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a very small, you know, percentage chance where they uh, – well, Blake is 100%. He gets back to his 2018-19 form. He averages 25, you know, eight, six, and is, you know, one of the best five or six power forwards in the NBA. Uh, you know, you bring back Christian Wood, which, by the way, we didn't mention this during the Christian Wood discussion earlier, but I don't know how you play him and Blake together, um, you know, be an adequate defensive team you know I don't know if that's doable but uh yeah but let's say you get Christian Wood back cheaper Blake's healthy and then you get Fred Van Fleet you know I don't know if that's competing for a championship but I think you're in the mix for a top five seed in the east uh at least for next season no once you get past that uh you know Blake's 33 or 34 uh maybe that window closes but uh but purely for next season you know I think you look at the east that's a roster that could be 
decently competitive, uh, especially if Luke Kennard continues to take that step forward. Uh, you know, like last season, uh, you know, he was basically an, an 18 to five guy, uh, you know, which is really good. Uh, maybe they have enough juice to, you know, maybe you hope that they can have a Miami like run <laughs> once we get to next April. So very small window. Otherwise, the answer is no. I don't think this roster is anywhere close to continuing for a championship right now. Right. And James, I want to get your thought too, but just um, to go back to to Amari's point, um, I'm not saying you just advocated for that, but as a Pistons fan, it's like, 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 like I get like PTSD, like thinking about the idea of maybe signing Fred VanVleet and Christian Wood right now at the same time, because I mean, I say, say that all happens, right? I mean, you're not catching Boston and Miami and the Bucks and all like and all the powers that already are in the in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Nets. How did I, how did I not mention the Nets? And so, and Troy Weaver has said that he's not gonna like he's not gonna go for it now and, and sort of mortgage the future. So. I mean, you, you don't think that's what happens, right? You're just trying to say, like, if maybe all of these things did happen, you could be a formidable playoff team? Yeah, just that perfect storm, basically. Right. You know, and I don't think that actually happens because I don't think you keep Christian Wood and bring Fred Van Fleet in. You know, I just don't think financially that that would actually work. So, uh, but if you're talking about just purely we want to be as good as possible, then that's probably your best case. All right. All right. And James, what is your plan if you are the GM, how do how do you get the Pistons back back to relevancy? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been vocal about like like don't be Philly bad, but like like prioritize like start Luke Bruce and Svee with Christian and Blake and like I, I don't see the point in when they were when that Van v, when people were mentioning the Pistons and Van Vliet, I'm like I just just don't do that. <laughs> um, right. Like I like I agree with Demar. Like you're not gonna be able to get Van Fleet and Wood. I don't. I don't agree that I. I think that team's certainly a playoff team. And like he's obviously he had caveats where like if Blake's healthy and all that. Like like then possibly sure. I just don't know if if Fred Van Fleet's like good without a good team around him. Like I just don't know that. Like I would assume so, but I just don't know that. And he's small and he's always hurt. Blake's always hurt. Uh. Even with those three, I, I think the team would be terrible defensively. Um, the East is better. Like, for me to make that type of commitment, is just it's still just too risky. Like, I would need to know for a fact. Like, I would have to feel 100% confident this is a team that could go win a first-round series. And I just wouldn't – like, it's only going to get worse after the first year, like, if that was the team. Like, Blake's going to either be gone soon or he could continue to be hurt. Um I like I'm in the camp of like do what Memphis did take bad contracts even if the, I mean Troy said he they're not out there but if they are like those take those opportunities add more draft picks drafting well is what's going to get this franchise over the top they've drafted like shit for a pretty I mean more than you can go all the way back to the title team in 04 like draft the Darko pick was terrible um and then they also trade the picks that they do, man. You know? Middle, yeah, exactly. you draft the Middleton and the Dinwiddie and in yeah. the the steals, you you don't even hold on to them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like yeah. you, you punt too soon because you have this urgency to win. Um, Chris Middleton, Din, Dinwiddie, yeah, like, and the Dinwiddie one. Not to go too much on a tangent, like I get it. Like people, why people are upset, but like he wasn't good when he got traded to Chicago. It still took some time. Uh, but the Middleton one that shouldn't have happened. That's inexcusable. Um, 
Yeah, like I'm just in build the young guys. Like next year's draft is the year to be bad for it. Like if the Pistons go and try to make the playoffs next year when they have, like I had Sam, me and Sam Vecini were talking, and um, who everybody knows is a draft guy and he works here at the Athletic, and like there are seven guys he thinks from next year's draft that would have went number one this year. So it's like if you're gonna go for the playoffs, like I understand the the lottery odds have changed, but like next year is the year to be bad. And this team isn't going to get any better unless you draft well and develop guys in house. Like you're not going to bring the marquee. You're not going to stumble into Christian Wood every year, but there's different ways to roster build. I get it. Troy is a smarter person than I am. I just, that's the one thing in Detroit we haven't seen a team building from the ground up and prioritizing youth and development to build a, a roster. We've seen them trade guys to try to do it fast. We've seen them try to sign guys to do it fast. We haven't seen them like truly start from the ground floor. So like, Let's see what that looks like. It worked out for Denver. Um, it worked out for Memphis. Um, so, yeah, so Toronto, it worked out for them. And to act, like, actually bite that bullet, finally, instead of just living living in this un, unsure realm. And what is the the at, like the ceiling, assuming they don't get Wood and and, and Van Vliet this offseason? I think it's just going to be Wood. And then I saw, James, I saw you mentioned Jaleel Okafor. I was really wondering how that would fit in with uh, with Wood and, um, and, and Blake. But – I mean, Blake will only have one year left after this year. Like the final, like hamstrung contract, like all the Josh Smith days, and the, and the, everything that, it, that 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 has tied your hands for so long, um, filling away. But Ben Gordon, I mean, it goes back that far that you that this franchise has not been able to make the right moves because of contracts they've handed out. Um, like you say, next year is when like like if you do this rebuild right, the, this twelve year window can finally you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and maybe we will actually compete soon. Yeah. yeah. And I would add that uh, I think Trey Weaver's version of retooling is much different from what Pistons fans are used to. Uh, I think Pistons fans here retool and they think, oh, no, we're going to overpay Josh Smith again. You know, like you look at what OKC's done. That hasn't been their strategy at all. Uh, it's, all it's been all drafts and it's been trades. You know, they, they get their draft picks right and then they, they swing trades that they could build off of from there. Um, which, funny enough, that's actually what Stan Van Gundy did when you look at how he got Tobias Harris and guys, right? He made, and they, made good trades. Yeah, yeah, like his trades were good. Uh, you know, I know the Blake trade was divisive, but if you look at how you leverage assets into just getting better assets over time, uh, you know, I think that's probably closer to what we can expect here. Blake has a good year, and then uh, I'd rather have Blake steal it Tobias's too right now. To be honest, I agree with that. I agree <laughs> yeah. with that. I made that point before. I would yeah. take Blake's ten out of ten right now because <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, Tobias exactly. is more money. Uh, so yeah, so I think when you say retool, I don't think that means we're going to overpay Fred Van Fleet and Christian Wood and go for it. I think it means we're just going to let this play out and we're going to you know manage our assets properly. And even if we don't bottom out, even if we don't get Cade Cunningham next year, uh, we're going to find paths to get good players and bring them in. Yeah, I would just to add to that, I think the retool is a bit of a smokescreen. Like, I think that's a way for – I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business and you guys sell tickets. Um, and any – I would imagine your average Piston fan that's willing to pay the $100 bundle that it costs to go to a Pistons game when you add, add in parking don't want to hear you say you're going to rebuild and their mind goes 10 wins. Um, I think retool is a way to say we're going to draft guys that compete, we're going to play hard, and – um, the results, I mean, they may go in our favor, they may not, but we're not going to – I think retool is just a fancy way of saying um, we're going to take uh, – trust the process, I guess, but not to that extreme, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, because the new lottery odds don't favor tanking anyway. Uh, right. Last year, the Pelicans had the tenth best odds and got Zion. And I think the Grizzlies had the seventh or eighth best and got Ja. Yeah. So, you Lamar, I remember running into you in Chicago right the, yeah. that day, right before uh, that draft, um, and and we were saying like, what's the best case? You're like, maybe the Grizzlies. Back when you were covering the Grizzlies, you're like, right. maybe the Grizzlies get a top two pick somehow, and it happened. Um, I was gonna ask about Troy Weaver, but we are running up against it. So, um, I just really, really quickly want each of you to give me in 15 to 30 seconds one bold prediction you think that happens for the NBA as it pertains to the 2020-2021 season. Oh, for the NBA? Yeah, anyway. the- I mean, it could be Pistons related or not. Um, okay. Yeah, Mario, if you have one, go. feel free to go first. Bold prediction for next year. Uh, I'm going to go up to Nets News in the second round, you know, just because, you know, I don't know. To be a, a team built around Kyrie and, and Durant is – uh, I would like to – I don't know if I would want to be in that locker room. It just seems like those are guys that tend to carry things with them. And uh, chemistry-wise, I'm just curious to see what that looks like. So I think they'll be good. I don't know if they're going to win a championship next year. So second-round exit for the Nets. That's spicy. Uh, this isn't a good one. It's just first one that came to mind. If Phoenix gets Chris Paul, Phoenix gets higher than a seven seed. That's okay. not even a great take. but it's, Can we go to like five seed? Can you actually make it a hot take? Because I think that's just like kind of a common take. They finish above the Warriors. Whoa. Okay. We just went zero to 100. Right? All right. No, that's a, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. They, I, yeah. Just off the top, I think they are, I think they comfortably make the playoffs this Suns. Right. They, they finally become a good team again. All right. Yeah. This is going to cut out any second. James, Omari, two of the best. Everybody follow them on Twitter at Jay Edwards three is that right? I I I I, 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 I and then yep. at Omari Sankafa. Is that is that the full handle, Omari? That's the full handle. Yeah. I don't I don't have that in front of me. All right, because I know James is James Edwards the third. You're Omari Sankafa the second. We got so many Roman numerals <laughs> after our names. It's hard to keep track, but you guys are, are are both the best. Thank you for your coverage for coming on. Um, I appreciate you both, and uh, I know I know we'll all be in touch. I appreciate yeah, you having me on, man. Anytime. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Later. That will do it for this show. As always, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you can find us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We will be back next Monday, as always, looking back at the football weekend that was, and we will be just two days away from the NBA draft at that point. So lots of good stuff coming up. Thanks for sticking with us. Talk to you later, Michigan.